Hello, Portland Radio Project listeners. I am Veronica Bezesti here on 99.1 FM in the heart of Portland and streaming worldwide online at prp.fm. I am here to bring you another episode of Community Voices, where we spotlight the wonderful work being done by nonprofits here in the PDX metro area. Today, we are featuring the award-winning nonprofit Red Door Project. Through storytelling, Red Door Project inspires appreciation of our differences and an awareness of our fundamental interconnectedness. With me is Kevin Jones. Kevin is the Red Door Project's artistic director, CEO, and co-founder. Hello, Kevin. Hey, Veronica. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for being here. And also joining us today, Leslie Monez. Leslie is the Red Door Project's curriculum director and co-founder. Leslie, hi. Hello there. I'm so thankful for us kind of finally connecting. We, Portland Radio Project and Red Door Project, actually share some space. We are both in Old Moody at Zydell Yards. I'm so glad that uh, we're finally getting a chance to sit down and chat. When we walk in, uh, you're the first office on the left. I always see somebody over there doing something. You seem so busy. Well, you know, radio is 24-7. We got to entertain, right? That's right. That's right. That's Kevin, great. can you give our PRP listeners a deeper dive into why Red Door Project exists? And, and if you can, talk a little bit about what is the Red Door? I think the best way to do that is to give a little history, and I won't go into too much, but just enough so that people can um, get a, a better understanding of how we got here. Um, so my background is um, I'm a theater professional. I've been a professional actor and director for 40 years and uh, worked in the Bay Area and and in New York. Um, I also, my day job has been um, organizational consultant as well, as well as a diversity consultant over the last 30 years, 30, 40 years. God, it's me as I'm old. Um, <laughs> and- uh, Don't look a day over 25, Kevin. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially on radio, right? Well, there you go. Um, Anyway, yeah, so I, you know, as a diversity consultant, one of my uh, observations in doing this work and and frustrations, is, I, I would also say, is that the work is inherently problematic in that, you know, especially back in the day, these issues of diversity and race and um, just social activism were really difficult conversations to have. Mm-hmm. Um, Usually people would either see themselves as the victim or the oppressor. There was a lot of fighting. There was a lot of disagreement. People walked away feeling redeemed or they felt, you know, sort of attacked and, and vilified. And, and, and in so doing, you know, the work of what I was trying to convey is that we're humans. We're, we need to learn different ways, different skills around communication and how to listen to each other and how to put yourself in someone else's shoes and yada, yada, all those things that I think most of us um, probably take for granted. Um, But I have found that theater, storytelling, role-playing, even in the context of diversity work, was always a very powerful tool. Mm -hmm. It sort of like got people out of their heads about all the things that they learned or heard or felt and just got them more into the present time experience of what it's like to connect with another human being. Yeah. So my goal was always to find a way to bring theater 
and diversity work together. So that opportunity became a reality um, about 12 years ago here in Portland. Um, and I won't, I'll spare everyone the details, but um, through the work of August Wilson, playwright August Wilson, mm -hmm. um, his work, which is so community-based and so focused on issues that fo focus that all human beings, not just any one particular group, um, sort of provided the platform for individuals to have deeper conversations. So we would perform um, August Wilson shows and then audiences would come and we would have great conversations. And so that was sort of the beginning of the August Wilson Red Door Project, which is what the, pro the, the organization was originally called, whereby we would go around and talk to um, individuals through theater um, or facilitate conversations about race, about um, sexism, genderism, homophobia in the community, um, and we use theater as a back as as a backdrop to do that. Um, so fast forward to Hands Up. So we um, were introduced uh, to a show that um, features seven playwrights depicting their experience with police profiling. Mm -hmm. um, and we said, well, okay, well, let's do this. We'll give people an example of what we mean when we talk about how to use theater to heal some of our social divides. And so we said, well, let's just do six shows. We'll do it around Portland. We won't market it the typical way. We'll just let people sort of share it by way of word of mouth. And, um, and, and we'll see how that goes. So that happened. We traveled the show around Portland did six shows. The first show, there were 25 people. By the end of, by the sixth show, we had over 400 people. We sold out. We had to turn away a bunch of folks. And wow. we had a funder who came to us and said, this was amazing. We want to support this show to continue. And so they asked us to go away and think about what that would take. Me and Leslie sat down. We um, charted out a budget and figured out a plan. And that plan, that conversation led us to producing 75, over 75 shows wow. throughout Oregon and um, into Washington. Um, but the thing that happened there was that we realized that we were only telling half the story. We were facilitating a conversation in a downtown theater in Portland for high school kids on Hands Up. And again, this show is really, it vilifies police officers. It really holds police officers in a negative light. Um, but at the same time, it really introduces to many people, especially white folks, um, some of the the day-to-day, moment-to-moment experiences that people of color um, endure uh, in their engagement with police officers. So uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of people would say walking out, I didn't know this existed. This is horrible. And a lot of people of color would say, this is my story. This is what, this is, I'm so glad that this is coming public because for many people of color, we have a lot of shame about it. So we don't really talk about it. We don't talk about how many times we were pulled over by the police or accosted by the police or treated unfairly by the police. We, we talked about it with our friends, but we certainly don't talk about it publicly. So anyway, um, now going back to the high school kids, we were presenting to a group of high school kids and one young uh, man, man, boy of color, stood up afterwards and we always have talkbacks at the end of every performance. And, and he said, 
Well, I guess after watching this, this means that I probably won't live to be an adult because it looks like I'm going to be shot by a police officer. I said, holy cow. I, I said, holy cow. We have, uh, we have an issue here. We have a problem. We were, we're, we're communicating the wrong message. We're telling folks, especially young people, that their life is in danger in a way that's not real. It's not really true. So we thought we would um, uh, connect with police officers. And, and interestingly enough, one of the shows that we presented a police officer was there and after hands up, he said, this show changed my thinking. I want every police officer I know to see this. Wow. So he introduced us to the captain of the training division for the Portland Police Bureau. And um, his name is Bob Day and Bob has been working, us, working with us now for about six years. He's been an avid supporter of what we do. And through his work, we were able to present the Hands Up uh, workshop to uh, about 35 police officers inside the police training division. So it's a place called um, uh, Scenario Village where police officers are trained. They're trained on tactical work and arrests and so on. And we set up a stage there in their village and we presented hands up. We had a great conversation. It was a hard conversation. We, they talked with our actors and myself and um, it was powerful. But they also said, so we want you to come and see our life and we want you to know about who we are. And so we um, then spent a whole day with them as they taught, walked us through their tactical work and what it's like to be a police officer. And um, the, the experience, the interaction, the back and forthness of it changed our perspective on the work we were doing. And so from that, we decided that we wanted to tell the stories of police officers. So we hired several playwrights from around the country to interview police officers and, um, and hear their story. We asked them, what's it like to be a cop? How do you feel about what's been going on? And this is all post uh, Michael Brown, the Michael Brown shooting, by the way, and the Trayvon Martin shooting. And so we got some very compelling enlightening stories from police officers, black ones and white ones about their experience as, as, as cops. And so we thought we needed to present this as well. So we produced a show called Cop Out, which was comprised of about, I got probably a total of about 25 monologues. And uh, I uh, took the best out of those, which was about 10. And I presented a show called uh, Cop Out. And we presented that, and that show was <laughs> very successful. We presented it downtown. But again, through audience interaction, we had to make a shift. We continued to hear from people asking us, well, where are the racist cops? Where are the evil cops? Where are the bad cops? We want to see those. We want to hear from those. These cops are just, these are the good cops. And, um, you know, my reaction to that was, I haven't met any bad cops. I mean, God knows I've been, I've interacted with cops who are scary and God knows that there are some that are corrupt and have problems, but I think that's true in all professions. But as a, on a whole, I didn't have that experience. And I thought that it would be important for help to help people sort of deal with the dissonance between the, how they feel around issues of race versus how they feel around how around how they feel about police officers. So we decided to bring the, ha the, the hands up portion and the cops cop out portion together and put that on the stage. So we have cops 
and people from the black community talking about their issues. And we are encouraging the audience to wrestle, grapple with the disparity between those two conversations and facilitate that conversation. And um, that's where Leslie um, steps in and, and facilitates a, an amazing conversation. And I'll say one more thing. Uh, one of the things that we learned in doing this is that we, the, the people who are really uh, touched and resonate with what the work that we're doing tend to be law enforcement, criminal justice, and community-based organizations. Organizations, youth advocates, um, uh, prison reform, people who are really invested in having this conversation and trying to find ways to get past the, 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 the vitriol, the anger, the resentment, the I know what I know more than you know kind of thing. And so that's what our focus has been on for the last few years. So I'll stop there. Thank you. <laughs> No, you're very welcome. That is an amazing journey that Red Door Project has taken. Thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of it. Thank you. Yeah. Leslie, tell us about the Evolve experience that's going on. It's actually happening in, in just, just like a week or so. That's correct. Yes, downtown at the Winstead Theater. So yes. Kevin said really clearly, you know, first we had Hands Up, which was monologues written by um, African-Americans about their experience with profiling and then we had cop out and then we brought these two shows together and you know if we sort of like look back on it it was really where it was always headed because philosophically I think at the core of what we're trying to do we're really working to reduce polarization mm -hmm. and to get people to explore why they believe what they believe like these narratives around police and community, they're so entrenched in our belief systems that like, if you scratch the surface, very often people don't know necessarily know the truth or know how they got to the conclusions that they have. And they're, it's a very reactive conversation. And one of the things that we know is that when people are reactive, they're unable to bring their best thinking to the table. Mm. So our whole focus here is to tell these stories in the Evolve experience that do create reactions in people. And we want them to have those strong reactions. I really agree with that. I disagree with that. That's not how cops are. That's not how black people are. That is my experience. And all the different things that come out in people when they hear right. stories of li real, true, lived stories. Because all of our monologues are based on the real experiences of different people. Um, so when I'm facilitating the conversation at the end, you know, I'm sure the listeners are very aware of this. It's like when you come to a conversation where the topic of race is on the table, people want to stand up and pontificate about why they believe what they believe. Right. And it's sort of like a self-righteousness fest on all sides of the issue. We don't do it like that. We really welcome everybody's reactions, but then we ask people to go inside because we really believe the first order of experience before we can like show up with each other is like, how do we understand ourselves? So we ask people to notice, like when you were watching the show, when did you go kind of into protect mode? When did you stop listening? Because wherever you stopped listening, you got, you were listening more to the story in your own head than to the actual people on the stage. And then why did you, what made you shut down? What made you get irritated? What made you go into protect mode? Yeah. And then, you know, where did you get interested? Where did you think, huh, I never thought about that before, because that's what we call sort of expand mode. That's where you're like sort of on the path towards evolution. And really Kevin and I are about that. We are wanting people to 
explore themselves, to know themselves so that we can become less reactive, less polarized, and that we can evolve as a culture to start to solve some of the very gnarly problems that we all share as human beings. So that is the spirit of the work. That is, if people come to the show, they will, from on, on an artistic level, it's a very well-crafted, a beautiful story, and they'll be able to enjoy it artistically, but afterwards they will be asked to self-reflect and hopefully walk away with a little bit of a different sense of themselves and why they think the way they do. Yes. Understanding the lens that you view this through. Correct. Yes. Oh. Correct. And it's not something we ask ourselves very often, right? Right. Our lens. We believe that the way we see the world just is. Yes. And then we surround ourselves with people who concur mm-hmm. as opposed to, like I remember once there was a, um, a, a cop who was in like full riot gear. So nobody could see what race he was, what gender he was. And it ended up being a you black man on stage. on stage. Yeah. And it ended up being a black man. And someone was like, Oh my God, I never would have imagined it could have been a black cop in riot gear. You know, wow. I imagine it would be a white cop. And I was yeah. like, yeah, isn't that interesting? Or somebody else would say something like, as soon as the cop came on the stage, I stopped listening. So that's when I get a little deeper and say, well, when you stop listening, what do you do? Well, I just start thinking about all my thoughts about cops. But then somehow I heard him say something that contradicted what was in my head and I was able to be present. And so those moments are the gold. Those moments, what we're looking for, where people can have sort of an aha and an awareness of themselves. So they, we can begin to show up differently because frankly, You know, the conversations that we tend to have, our public discourse, it cycles, it tends to be a little boring, and we don't get the traction we need to actually get some good work done together. And as you said, when you're having those conversations, if you are indeed surrounding yourself by people, with people that concur, how constructive does that conversation actually wind up being? No, you just walk away thinking, ah, yeah, we're right. I'm right. 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 They're so not right. Wow. Well, the Evolve experience is Friday, September 22nd through Sunday, the 24th at the Winningstead Theater. How can folks get tickets? Um, they can go to uh, reddoorproject.org slash evolve, or they can just go to the to the reddoorproject.org and they'll see the Evolve tab there and just click on that and reserve a bunch of tickets bring your friends yes it gives you something you know after going to see a show like that with your friends or your colleagues it really does offer great fodder for conversations so we hope absolutely it, it it's going to be more than just the evolve experience itself i think that there's going to be an a a, a post evolve experience that everyone's going to need to allow themselves some time for that's right Wow. Well, I will make sure to have links on our website, prp.fm, so folks can grab tickets for the Evolve Experience September 22nd through the 24th. Before I bid you both adieu, and thank you again for being here today on PRP's Community Voices, I do want to mention that as a fellow nonprofit, Portland Radio Project, and the Red Door Project are a part of this year's Give Guide campaign. Uh, what's the Give Guide? I will tell you. It is Willamette Week's Give Guide fundraising platform that is an end of the year. It runs November 1st through December 31st. It is a city, county, really statewide nonprofit fundraising platform that really brings to light the amazing work 
and service that nonprofits provide our community. And it gives donors an opportunity to, I don't know, maybe reach a little bit outside of their customary nonprofits that they favor and, and see some of the other organizations doing amazing work around the city, county, and state. So stay tuned for Red Door Project and PRP's Give Guide campaigns because we're going to be out there uh, yeah. looking, for, looking for community support, right? Absolutely. That's right. Yeah, and the, the Give Guide is a great, and for those people who wonder like who should i be donating my money to um and they find themselves sort of like limited based on how much awareness they have or knowledge of what's going on the give guide is like a great um uh, well it's exactly what it is it's a guide for giving and yes learn about what's already going on in the city and um and broaden your perspective you know in terms of the work that's already happening and perhaps provide new ideas for your own participation in the community. And it is a great way to get an end of the year tax deduction. There you go. Okay. <laughs> got got throw that part in too. Kevin, yeah. Leslie, thank you both so much for joining me today. I'm I'm so proud to share space with you at Old Moody. I'm even prouder to to know more about what Red Door Project is all about. Well thank you, Veronica. It's been a real pleasure. I'm glad to get to know you a little better. And look forward to uh, the next time. Thank you all for listening to Portland Radio Project and Community Voices. We'll see you soon.